Baruchim Abayim, and welcome to Torah Talks, Chazak's Tuesday program with special guests. Tonight we have a very dear friend of ours, a man for, that we know for many, many years, does amazing work for qualities of the Jewish people, the director of Yad Lachem, Rabbi Nisan again, Shlita Rabbi Gans. How are you doing? Welcome to the program. Rabbi Aniv, thank you for having me. Of course, thought- it's our pleasure. All that you do and all that you continue to do, you're involved with so many amazing causes. And we're so excited tonight to speak about the life and legacy of the Baba Sali. I know you have some amazing uh, stories and you've been pumping and promoting the Baba Sali's yard. I, I, actually, I actually learned in Nitivot, Baba Sali's home here for a year. I actually learned in Yeshiva. Oh, so perfect. Wow, I didn't even know that. Unbelievable. <laughs> but uh, Rabbi Gans, before we delve into tonight's exciting topic, if you could let our broad audience know about the great work you're involved with a little bit about yourself. And uh, we'll start with that. Sure, it's a tremendous host to be here, and like any, like you said, we're we're friends for many years, right? I think I think I know you since you're 16. I don't. I'm not, I, I was young then, also. <clears throat> don't get me wrong; I'm still young. I was without such a long chash of a beard, but it's the same motivation behind yourself and Chazak and Shagol Mechayel Achayel. The 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 real work that we do in Yad Lachem. So I'll give a little bit of a background, and then we understand the connection to Baba Sali, which, like you said, is the you want to talk about tonight, a tremendous highlight, and who was connected to the organization, very much so, besides we'll talk on a personal level, and we'll learn a little bit more about, little bit more about the life and legacy of Baba Sali and some, you know, incredible stories, that just while I'm thinking out loud about a lot of stories that I don't think people have ever heard before, but the background of Yad Lachem is like this, so Yad Lachem helps rescue Jewish women and children trapped in Arab villages, that's the famous montage, just the famous saying that they're famous for, although, of course, they do many other things, such as anti-missionary work. There's many in Israel, the missionaries spend millions and millions of dollars trying to convert Jews, and there's stories that break from time to time, unfortunately, how they're successful. There's also the Project Rishon, Purikin, Tishivas, Yad Lachem, Baruch Hashem. This is a very good connection with Chazak, why we so love the work that you do, right? I didn't know that this, uh, this is a project of Yad Lachem as well. Absolutely, Baruch Hashem, putting hundreds of kids into yeshivas every single year, both obviously kids that are rescued from the Arab religious, as well as simply kids that come from different backgrounds, their religious backgrounds, their religious homes, you know, putting into yeshiva, giving them a new start. It's a tremendous work that we do, and it's a big part of what we do. So it's a really, you know, I love that connection that we have with Chazak, which, of course, I know puts in hundreds of kids into yeshivas every year and, you know, saving future generations. So a little bit of background, when you hear the statement, ooh, a woman that's rest, that's trapped in an Arab village, how does that work? Like, what does that mean? Why is a Jewish woman ending up in an Arab village? How does that happen? Why, why would you do that? So a story I like to explain, and it's just a basic background of an understanding, is that, you know, sometimes we have these malls, right? You know, there's still malls that still exist. People go to a mall, and there's lots of these kiosks, you know, where they sell the most random, crazy things, right? I don't know. Uh, a brush for your hair, even if you're bald. I don't know what they sell lately, right? And, you know, it's, it's always Israelis that do the selling. You know, come here, come here. I want to sell you something. I want to sell you something. Always Israelis, right? They're very good salespeople, I got to tell you. <laughs> you, get those, you get those non-from guys who sell the kiosk to do fundraising for Chazak. Forget about it. You'll be good to go, you know? It's not a good idea, but I, I get the first guy. Anyway, so in Israel, it's really the same thing. They have... These people who are selling, and a good example is that's a you know a young woman will be approached by one of these guys, and he'll ask her if she wants to buy something, and she unfortunately can't afford it. And then some guy will just casually approach her, 
and say, ooh, I notice you don't have the money. Let me pay for it. My name is Moti. My name is Avram. He speaks a perfect Hebrew. You know, it's very interesting. Many people haven't been there to Israel lately, but they made a study in Eretz Yisrael that are Muslims age 35 years old and under. Their accent is literally the exact same as an Israeli. I mean, you mamish can't tell the difference. It used to be a concept that, ooh, you can maybe try to figure it out. Now there's mamish no nafkimina. So he'll speak nice to her. He'll say the things she needs to hear, which unfortunately, I always say one of the lessons, and I, I'm sure people can get this from our conversation, I called chinuch from the Arab religious. What does that mean? It means the biggest lesson that we can get and the common denominator that has with a lot of these girls are, unfortunately, it really occurs in every home. We have from the biggest Rosh Yeshivas, you know, children and granddaughters to the biggest Rebbes, of course, not going to names, from Kiryat Sefer to B'nai Brak to Yishalayim to all over. It's not just from non-from homes. When unfortunately what happens, a common denominator, again, it goes all spectrums that the girl is lacking something, coming from a broken home, missing the love from the parents, the acceptance, the, the willingness that the kid can make a mistake and still be, maybe she's not to the level that they wanted her to be, but still be accepted by the parents. And unfortunately, there's that common denominator that happens sometimes. And someone else will fill that void. They know exactly what to say. You know, when someone is lacking warmth or acceptance or love, so to speak, they are unfortunately so much more willing and open to hear other stuff. Which is, by the way, as you know, one of the biggest ideas in Kirov, right? We, when people come from places where they, they haven't gotten anything and suddenly they see, hey, this guy gives a schmack, right? We have a lot to offer. They love it as well, right? So the same way here. And she's speaking to a, to a Jewish guy. He says, everything is great. And then two, three months later, he'll say, you know, it's embarrassing to say, but my name is Mahmoud or Ibrahim. And at that point, she really can't imagine there's something wrong because this is the best thing ever happened there. And he says, you live your life as a Jew. But again, unfortunately, the cases are so many that I don't want to say that when they're taken to the average, they're treated like cattle because cattle, some they value, right? They care about it. They don't want to get damaged. But the amount of abuse and, 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 and mamish pain that the, that the women go through is horrible. Now, of course, most of the work that we do is in prevention. Most of the work that we do is preventative, right? We have Baruch Hashem every day, women who were rescued speak in seminaries and educate girls, go to high schools and educate them. We have 22 social workers on a day-by-day basis, have cases that we, we work with girls before they come into a bad matzah, to try to help them and save them and educate them. So, you know, the work that we do is mamish Petit Shuim. It's why daily place can like Ravosner, Paskin, we can, if need be, we can go rescue them on Shabbos. Yeah. Don't, don't try this, but you can call Yalach 24-7, right? Because it's Chas Hashem on Shabbos, the case of Petit Shuim. You have to, there's no, you know, it, 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 someone's life is Daicha Shabbos. So the amount of work that they're doing is real pity shroom, it's real rescue work. And, you know, Baruch Hashem, like you say, with Chazak, we've had relations so many years. Baruch Hashem, we've had women who were rescued come speak in Queens and many different places. And it's a special nunshaft that we have so many years. So finally, we're taking our friendship into the open, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, unbelievable work that Yad Lachim does. We know, Baruch Hashem, we've seen, we've heard. <laughs> And we continue hearing, and God should bless you all, and uh, continue to do the good and bring the geula. So, so Reb Nisana, tonight's topic, as we mentioned, is that the, the life and the legacy of the holy Baba Sali. So, as we all know, tomorrow night is his yard site, his askara. And uh, what is the major impact and legacy that the Baba Sali left? In? What would you say, Reb Nisana, the fact that you had a, a kesher, you learned in it, you're you're mass promoting the, the, the yard site. You, you made so, it aware 
Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, before you get to your question, like, there's no way I can even come to like anything to having any close to Navan of who the Baba Sali was. I just could say the Swarm that I read and educated and happened to have done a lot of research with Baba Sali years ago. But first, let me just explain the Kesher between, you know, why it be me and Kesher between Baba Sali and Allah. And as you say, we're trying to promote. Let me explain that and then we'll talk about his legacy. So, for many years, one of the th- one of the things that Yalachim has done, and I've been very proud of that, is that you know we used to take women to Davin and Mekoyim and and then we would send Rabbanim to Davin for them. And as people in Klai heard that we have Tamidi Chacham Davin and Mekoyim they asked to send their names as lo- as well. And that simply ballooned to one thing led to another. And to this day, you know, when you have special events like Hilaz or Yurt sites of Big Tzadikim, such as Baba Sali, so Yalachim has Baruch Hashem representatives that will be in the Tivot, including. Rashi Yeshiva, Rashi Yeshiva including grandsons of the Baba Sali, that are going to be davening at his caver. Happens to be this year, the Israeli government closed it to the public. Right? They're not allowing anyone into the caver, except, Baruch Hashem, we have people that are pre-registered to go there. And one of the things we've always been proud of, and, and you know this, is this is a big rule of mine, is that we always take names for free. There's never a charge to, to give names for tefillah. shouldn't happen that way anywhere. But Baruch Hashem Yalach, we're very proud of that. And I'll just, I'll mention the domain name now that if people want to give a name for free, they can go to babasali.co. We just literally made this before we come to this Chazak event. That's babasali, B-A-B-A-S-A-L-I dot C-O. And people can send as many names as you want for free. Now, Baruch Hashem, literally unlimited. It's not a problem. You can give us a call, 866-923-5224. 866-923-5224. I guess by... All right, Robbie can put the domain at the bottom of the screen, babasali.co. Give you names for free, it's not a problem. Now, on a personal level, Yalachim was connected for many years to Babasali. Matter of fact, I'm going to pull up here. There's a letter that we have, a real special letter that Babasali wrote, where he talks about and gives divrei bracha for everyone who supports Yalachim. Imamish wrote, the bracha of Baba Sali, he literally wrote, Bichsav Yodai, you can go to our website, you can see it, that he's promising Berchaz Hashem an abundance of goodness for all who support Yad Lachem. And we have letters from him, and we used to, you know, advise him and, and, and ask his counsel. And Baruch Hashem, the connection has been through many years, many generations. Now, when you talk about Baba Sali, I think one of the most important things to educate people is a big misconception. And that is that most people recognize Baba Sali as a miracle worker, so to speak, and they really fail to recognize or understand the absolute astronomical amount and godless entire and Tamil Chacham that he was. It's, it's simply unspoken. It's unreal. Did people know that Baba Sali was a Rosh Hashiva at 24 years old to hundreds of Tamidim? He used to give share in Kolashas. Matter of fact, that Baba Sali once said on his grandfather, the Avri Yankov, Rev. Yaakov Bukhatsir was the founder of the, of the, of the dynasty of the Bukhatsir family. The story, by the way, with Rabbi Yaakov is that comes through the flying carpet, that he actually put a carpet on the river and it went across. That's the source of all the stories with his grandfather. So Baba Sali once said on his grandfather that his grandfather had a matonim in a shemayim, that every daf in Zoya that he saw once, he never forgot. And Baba Sali said on himself, in a rare moment of admittance, he said that he had the same matonim for Shas. That any blot he ever saw once in Shas, he never forgot. Which means he's basically saying he knew Shas cold. Um, I have an uncle, Rav Dov Lev, who lives in Itivot. He, he told me this is, you know, first, first evidence story. 
When Baba Sali came to Nitivot, he met Rabbi Socher Meir, who was the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Tanegev and Nitivot. And they were discussing whether Nitivot is part of Eretz Yisrael as far as, you know, the biblical Eretz Yisrael. It's a machalik in the Gemara. Malko remembers Baba Sali quoting Chuvas Maharit, word for word, paragraph by paragraph. And he was blown away. Like, he comes home, opened up the Maharit, Mila Bamila Baba Sali was quoting. Who knows what that is? And Baba Sali knew it cold. Baba Sali famously did not, one of the reasons why he's not say, known as the biggest guy is because he, he worked very, very hard to hide it. In fact, he never allowed any of his Chidushit any of his shiurim to be published. There's actually a famous story with some of his Tamidim that they decided that come what may, he gave a shir in Gemara and they decided they're going to write down the shir. So they, after shir, they met and they said, remember this, they chazed it down. They went to write it down. They forgot it. And then they said, they tried again. They went back and forth. They tried to write it down and they forgot it. Wow. After two, three days, Baba Sali approached them and said, Listen, I know what you're trying to do. It works like this. If you're going to try to write it down, you're going to forget it. <clears throat> but if you try, don't write it down, you'll remember it. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, only now they're starting to publish some Chidush Yiktari that Baba Sali has on Chumash and Shas that people, you know, they have throughout the years. So, part, and that's probably one of the reasons why <clears throat> his name was all over, because the godless of who he was, he mamish hid Betzinah. They even say as a child, they talked about Basali's tefillah. As a kid, his father asked him, what do you want for a birthday present? What, what, is the, what does the Baba Sali want as a birthday present? He wanted a special siddur. Siddur was a new siddur with a, a new print. And I think his father said, as long as you can drench it with tears. And he did. And, and that's why even as a kid, the mice of the Baba Sali and his tefillahs, he took it so seriously, so erlach and... All the stories go, but it really comes down to Tyra. I know personal aides of David Abachatzir and Israel, who's from the biggest. You're going to get them today. David is his nephew, right? David is his nephew, is his grandson. Is, is his, Baba Sali had a son, Baba Meir, who was a godl but Tyra in his own right. The Ryashiv Zatzal even would, would defer to him for many piske halacha. And unfortunately, Baba Meir passed away a year before Baba Sali was nephew. He passed away by and Baba Sali was very tzibrachim because of it. Baba Meir had many sons, and all his sons are who people, who people know. Rabbi Kutsiel, Rabbi Fall, all the brothers of Rabbi David. So Rabbi David once told someone that one of the, the koyach of the Abu Chatzir family, quote-unquote, is the fact they know Dal Chilka Shechanar with all the nice kela. Meaning, it's a source of Torah. It's not a source of mysticism. Um, Stam is Torah that they, you know, they have some atone. They clearly do obviously have a koyach bracha, but it comes from a place of Torah learning on the most upper echelon place. Baki b'kola Torah, b'kola shas kuloi. Baba Sali wrote Shuvas and Halacha for many, many years, right? Back in Morocco and all over. And that's what's so incredible about it that people don't recognize. So of course, the, the, he has miracle stories abound. <laughs> I, can t- I can just share with you, if you want to hear a story that I don't think everyone's ever heard before. It's, this it's, is not much, no one's ever heard the story before because I know from a family within Nitivot that happened to the story, and it's, it's kind of a scary story the other way, in that there's a family, and all the children in the family were relatively normal, relatively healthy. They had a few boys, a few girls, but the oldest son was, for lack of a better term, simply not well, meaning couldn't speak, couldn't, could barely function, could barely walk, 
severely incapacitated, not a fu- barely a functional human being whatsoever. Like really, unfortunately, mentally ill. And someone said, you want to hear the story of that boy who was boy- born? So this guy had two girls. And by this father, that's a huge curse, you know, <laughs> needs to have at least one or two boys right away. And he had gone to the Baba Sali for a bracha. He said he gone to us for a bracha. He wanted a boy. And for whatever reason, Baba Sali kept being doicha him. He simply didn't, didn't respond. He didn't give him the bracha that he wanted. And this man got frustrated. You know, he had two girls. He wanted a boy. And no matter what, Baba Sali was pushing him off. So finally it came to the point. He told Baba Sali, look, Kvodarav. I'll give myself a bracha. And the Rav should answer Amen. And he did. And this is the boy that was born. Uh, totally not well. And he happened to have had more children afterward than Baruch Hashem healthy, boys and girls. But the koyach of the tzaddik of Baba Sali was seen in, in, in things we can't even comprehend, which, which is, which Hashem, you know, we, Hashem gave certain koyach to some tzaddik, which is why it continues to this day. Right? Do you know that besides, you know that they call Baba Sali's place, they call him Minimiron. Maybe. Right, they say up to a hundred thousand people. Why? There's, there's no other place in the whole world, in the whole world, besides Roshim Bayechai, that people gather besides Baba Sali Silula. It's it's episode, wow. right? You know, I say Klali Yisrael. They say one time, Rav David Salavechik from Brisk, they want some davening in Miron Alag Baimer. Brisk, what's he doing in Kayach Tefillah? The Rabbin, hundred thousand people davening here, right? So Klali Yisrael decides in a certain sense. Right, so if we have a place like Baba Sali's cave in Itivot, where people travel for hours and hours a day to daven. It's a real schus that we have the opportunity today to still have a shaykhus with it. You know, I you mentioned you mentioned earlier. I'll mention it again that anybody who's watching this broadcast tonight or really whenever you like can go to babasali.co, b a b a s a l i dot c o, and Yalach will give you an answer absolutely free on the yeah. website. You can submit it babasali.co. And absolutely free. So please, now's the opportunity. Let's grab it and let's go. 100%. So, so inspiring. Let me ask you a question. What would you say is the biggest lesson, the one thing that we can learn from the Baba Sali's life? You mentioned so many different things right now before, but if you would have to pinpoint a zero and a zoom into one specific lesson that we can learn from his life, what would it be? Here? So I, I would say it's this, you know, today, Baruch Hashem, there's so many people who have a connection to their personal Rabbeim, to Gedoylem. There's this very large chuka and, and a wanting to be close to Gedoylem Yisrael. It clearly exists, as you know, I know you yourself, right? And, and you know, Baruch Hashem, you, you bask in the presence of your brother, right? And Ravokin Zatzal. And everything Chazak does is with the, the guidance of Gedal Yisrael. But so many people understand that benefit. And the truth is that one of the lasting legacies of Baba Sali is the fact in Emunas Chachamim, in Emunas Sadiqim, that really runs all spectrums. Meaning people are really unaware. Do you know that by the Hasidic Sha'ilam, the amount of respect they have for, for Abu Khatir and Baba Sali is unreal, right? Unreal. And people simply... Many Litvaks don't know this, right? But first, the Litvaks also respect Baba Sali. My uncle was there when Yaakov Kamenetsky was there. Yaakov Kamenetsky went to visit Baba Sali. You know that there was, the whole world used to go visit him. He, there's letters with him in Ramesha Feinstein. People were matching, they knew who he was. But one of the most beautiful things is that Baba Sali was a universal figure. He was a universal godel. They say that you want to see a melting pot of Kalali, so you would go to in his waiting room. Rav Fasi describes in his book, which is a famous book written on Baba Sali, 
He describes the scenes, the type of people that were there. You could have a yid with a kippah suga, sitting next to a chassid from New York, sitting next to Moroccan or Israelis. It's mamish people from all walks of life with the universal respect of Gedali Yisrael. Right? That's something that we could all learn from, right? Come together to respect Achtas, our Gedali. It's, it's mamish achtas. Look, think about it, right? Rabbi Aniv, when you, when you speak now to Chazak, correct? So Chazak started as a very, correct me if I'm wrong, as a local organization, right, in Queens, helping kids going to yeshivas, right, perhaps in the Bukharian community, and look what it grew to, right? You have Shia and people coming from all walks of life. I don't think there's a single person today in any walk of life that's not affected by Chazak and the work that you do. And Baruch Hashem, you know, we have we be able to tap into that. And it's really a lesson that Baba Sali taught, right? He, in fact, he went from, people don't know this, he went from Morocco to Beersheba, to Nitivot. You know why he moved to Nitivot? He moved to Nitivot because where he lived previously, there was, he heard that one of the members of the community made fun of a, of a certain Rebbe, and he said, I can't live there. And that day he moved out. That day he moved out. So <laughs> straight to Nitivot. So, you know, that's not much a lesson that people can understand. First of all, on a, on a personal level, the Dvekas to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Baba Sali had, is in the Shire. His schedule, if people know that his schedule, his schedule, he learned untold hours a day, right? His tefillahs were, people were able to zaycha, very few people were able to see him daven, because many times they daven in privacy. But we're English we're, we're shy. He wouldn't let people see certain things, like mm-hmm. Hanukkah candles no one ever saw. I want to have a Fasi snuck into the room. How he describes what he saw, fire. Again, I, these are <laughs> things that are higher than me. I was telling warned him not to do it again. Don't, don't come in again. So the, the, the fact that a yid that lived behind Alma in this world not too long ago, passed away 37 years ago, right? That people know, that people saw, right? When he talked about the story of the Arak, that he, you know, he wrapped a bottle with thousands, four to thousands of people. I see, they don't say stories like this between you and me, right? And I, I, know, I, had an, I, know, I know someone who drove a Baba Sali's car. And I know who he is. Yeah. He grew up in East History. His name is Rafid. And the gas ran out of the car. Baba Sali said, just drive. It was empty. The car drove for miles there and back there, swelling back. These are not one that we understand, right? But the fact that someone could come to such a daga, which we discussed earlier, obviously it only, doesn't come from a heebie-jeebie, right? Wow, it's, it's unearned tzidkis. It doesn't work that way. Afuch, Baba Sali, someone who harvested and learned for years and years and years and years without anyone knowing who was famous. As a matter of fact, he didn't, he didn't like the fame. And he said many times that he pushed looked at it as, as a void, as a karsatayv, as a kodesh baruch that he, quote-unquote, gave up his time to serve Klal Yisrael. If you think about it, God will be Israel that wants to learn every waking moment to give up his time to see people is un- unbelievable. You know, people back then without technology would fly from New York, go to him and, and go back. So I think the, the lesson, yes, and that what we can learn, the lesson is that we can all strive to be a little better. We can all strive, strive to be, quote, unquote, like the Baba Sali, right? Try to emulate his ways. Chazal teaches that the yurt side of a person, it's very important to try to learn some of his farm. So there are Svarim of the Baba Sali. You can learn his Taira for sure. But uh, on a very shittig level, to connect to him is to try to improve yourself and avoid this Hashem, right? Dive in another minute longer. Take 30 seconds of what you're doing. That's you connecting. That's who he was. He was someone who always asked people to go better. You know, I, I'll say the story, <clears throat> if you don't mind, or you need. Yeah, of course. This famous story that it's, been going a little, it's going around a little. I made a video about it, but there's a very famous story. It's called the wheelchair story where a yid got up, right? But what's the story behind, the, behind that story? So we have tremendous yad So people don't know that Baba Sali's wife is still alive today, Baruch Hashem. 
Rabbi Nitzimi Abu Chatzira, she lives in Nitivot. Um, he married her when she was relatively young. And they actually had a daughter, Rabbanita Dre. She unfortunately was Nifteris recently. Her daughter is married to one of the guys working at Lacha, Manor Peretz. You know Manor? So First. Manor is married to Baba Sali's granddaughter. Wow. And Mama says, like, so we're connected in every which way, shape, or form. <laughs> it's his brother-in-law that are going to down Baba Sali's grandchildren. Wow. And when, 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 when I called, I wanted to, ver- I don't like saying a story without verifying your story. You know, there's a lot of stories, but every story I said, I've, I've verified. So when I called there to Israel, I want to speak to Rabbi Nitzimi to verify the story I'm about to say. There was a woman who was there, she was, she was in the house, she was literally in the house, the story goes, there was a Yid, and he crawled up the steps, he crawled up the steps to Baba Sali's house. And he, he was, for lack of a better term, paralyzed from his legs down. And he crawled into the chair, and he started crying to Baba Sali. And Baba Sali said, again, this is the story how it goes, you'll hear more details in a minute. And Baba Sali said, you know, it's a bracha. He said, okay. He wished him a bracha. And that's it. He stayed there. He didn't know what to do. He stuck. His feet are not working. And Rabbanit Simi said, so she told the man, if the Rav said to get up, get up. And um, you know, we shouldn't know, but why should he be able to get up? Doesn't think so. So Vafasi, who was Rabbi Sali's gabba, he told him again, he was a translator. Many times, Baba Sali spoke Arabic mostly. So he would translate the, the words the Hebrew said, Rav said to, to stand up. He didn't have what he's trying to do. So eventually, he got the message and he tried to move a little bit and he stood up. And again, the story goes that he, quote unquote, lost his mind, right? So he started to walk and he ran. And he ran out of Baba Sali's house straight in and burst into the doors of Yeshiva Tanegev. Now, I learned in Yeshiva Tanegev. So I, I remember speaking to people. They remember when this man burst into those matters. It was like a matzif. Here's this guy. He, he, like, he was screaming. He said, look, I can walk. I can walk. I can't believe it. And he's running. He didn't know what, what, what's going on. And he was dancing. And this man, there's even pictures of the story. So someone told him, man, for the rab, like, what are you doing here? Like, you just ran out of the Baba Sali's house. Go back. Like, what's going on? He's probably waiting for you. So, and this guy went back to Baba Sali's house. And, you know, it's like, just did a miracle. Just left. And... Baba Sali asked him if he keeps Torah and mitzvahs, tefillin. He said no. He was very honest. Baba Sali said, look, it was very serious. He said, if you want to remain healthy, you have to make sure you're cobbling yourself to keep Shabbos and put on tefillin, which the man did, which the man did. And, you know, basically we're saying, like, shape up. You want to stay this way. Now, when I, had, again, I liked verifying the story. I actually, wanted, a funny part is I, I never, I, when I tried to verify the story, I got calls from, from three people who said they were the guy in the wheelchair. Okay, so it couldn't have happened to three people, right? But, <laughs> but, but, the sto- but stories who were there. So when I, when I was trying to verify, my uncle said, you know, there's a Yiddish, Shlomo Miller, who had children who lived in Itivot. Do you know his involvement in the story? So what's the involvement? So listen to this story behind the story. And what's amazing about it is you see not just the Kayach of Tzaddik, but how one Yid's actions can help another Yid's actions. This Yid, Shlomo Miller, was a special person. And he used to go to the hospitals to visit people who were sick. And in the hospital in Cholon, he encountered this, he walked into a room and he saw a Yid very depressed. And he started speaking to him. And this guy first didn't want to talk. He's telling a story that he's paralyzed from the legs down. Unfortunately, he was scheduled for an amputation the next day. Mm-hmm. He had to have his legs amp- you know, amputated later. And this Rabbi said, listen, why don't you come to Baba Sali? He's a big tzaddik. You never know. He says, Baba Sali, you don't hear what I'm telling you. He says, tomorrow is scheduled for an amputation. 
He said, look, you have nothing to lose. What do you have to lose? Nothing's changing for now till tomorrow. He somehow convinced them. They signed the hospital. They were crazy, but they signed the hospital release. They said, I'll be back the next day. And they went. So Miller gets him in a car, drives him to Baba Sally's house. And he was about to help him on the steps. But this guy said, no, I want to crawl myself. And that's the story behind the story, which is a verified story. Matter of fact, how do I know it's even verifiable? Because when he posted the video, some guy quoted, he goes, you have the story wrong. He lived here, lived in Rishon Tzion, but I know his children. It's verifiable back end of the story. And I think the lesson, again, and then the story happened that Babsal gave him the bracha, and he stood up and, and he went. And, but to me, this is the, the, the miracle story is obviously with Babasali, but the Koyach here is really, here you see a Yid didn't give up on another Jew, right? The caring that one has for another Jew is amazing, that he could have left him there. Who knows what would have happened? And then he brought him back physically because, you know, he's able to walk, and spiritually, came up from Yid afterwards. So that's part of the thing, you know, we talk about diving for one another, right? Baba Sally's your site. Everyone should dive in. Everyone should dive for one another. For sure. We care about Jews. We care about each other. We care about Jews. And so I always, I always say, you know, everyone knows someone who needs something today, right? Whether it's a shidduch, parnasa, shalom bias. And if you don't, then I'd love to meet you, right? <laughs> but everyone knows someone who needs something. So I said, you know, that's why I said we have this feeling you can give you an answer free. I, I said, domain, I'll say it again. BabaSally.co. Dot co, not dot com, but babasali.co, B-A-B-A-S-A-L-I dot C-O, probably here on the bottom of the screen. You go to the website, we have it set up. You give your names for free, babasali.co, and Ooh. let's go, or give us a call, 866-923-5224. One more time, 866-923-923-923-5224, and we'd love taking names. It's feel like I said, there's no minimum donation required. It's a tremendous chos. Share the wealth. Tell everybody about it as well. Don't just send in your names, but encourage your family. I always say, yeah, you know, you could t- today with, with social media, right? You know, I always say. What's social media, sorry. We, we, social media is when I sit next to you like we're having a Zoom. We're being social through media. That's what it means, right? Uh, okay. I think so. I think that's what you meant. But I say people today, they're always forwarding. It's, it's, it's really something interesting about it. People are always forwarding videos and messages, which totally Derek Aga, but you know, if I, someone gave me a good mercy yesterday, he said, can you imagine if someone calls you up and tells you, listen, do me a favor. I want you to go stand on the windowsill for like 37 seconds and like, go check if it's raining. Like, were you crazy? So like, what do I do? Do me a favor. He's like, listen, you don't control my life. Really? But the second you get a video that's two minutes, suddenly you stop everything you're watching. The person is controlling your life, right? So if you allow them to do that. But it can be used for the good, right? You text your friend, by the way, I saw this opportunity in Chazak. You give your name for free, babasali.co. So there's ways to do it to benefit each other the correct way, right? Chazak talks. People should spread this talk. Rabbi every Tuesday, he's an incredible mamish moser. He gives up his time. People don't understand. They think it's so easy, right? Oh, you sit and you come, you know, there's people who edit it, right? Robbie edits it. Rabbi you sit and talk. There's a lot of work that goes on behind the scenes. And you know, people should share these Tyra talks. Listen, Rabbi Aniv said at the beginning of the broadcast that I'm not talking about him. So I have a good idea. One day, <laughs> I'll interview you for a Torah talk. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good <laughs> Rabbi Gand, you are amazing. But before we let you go, we want to ask from you one final message about, let's say, it doesn't have to be about the Baba Sali, but everything and anything in your heart to Kali so to our broader audience, what would it, would it be? I must have missed that question when you asked me to, 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 to prepare in advance. And I always say we could talk it off the cuff, but that's a very high intense thing what to say. 
you know, but I, I would say right? In, in today's in today's times, to it, it sounds like a crazy message or, or thought or, or connection, but there's so many things. You know, I'll tell you a personal musa that I once got, and we could apply to perhaps this as well. I went to the Chavrusa, a very very big tzaddik. His name was Chazi Shfried. He lived in Israel, and you know, I pride myself that I brought Hashem. We could talk in Torah. I can tell you some different Torah, some nice stories. And, you know, he would tell me something. I would tell him back a Vart. And he says, you know, I want to tell you something. I said, what? He says, you know that every time someone tells you a Vart Torah or a Vart or a story, you always counteract with another story, another Vart? <laughs> oh, yeah, why not? I'm good like that. You know, Shkaya, right? So he says, yeah, but then it doesn't allow you to internalize what you heard. Because you're, you're really thinking about what you're going to say next, right? You think about what you're going to do next. What are you going to say next? And perhaps, Baruch Hashem, there's so much Torah today. There's so much Shi'urim today. But sometimes we're, we're simply getting a message. And I mean, it sounds crazy. Get a message. And if I forward it, I don't have to really look at it. I don't have to internalize it. I don't have to watch it. You know, like make yourself a tonight. I'm only going to forward it if I watch it, Right. So the Vart is, I think, that some people should take, if you have a clip, this is my, my, my advice, and people should, if you have a clip that inspires you, watch it every day for a week, right? Mm. Actually internalize it, right? And by the way, another Nikud, the Rev. Elephant from Rancho, spoke about this often. Forget about if you're forwarding Shurim all day, Halavai, but when you're forwarding Shtusim all day, people look, don't respect your opinion so much because you're just a forwarding machine, right, and stuff. So I think to a certain degree, well, hey, let's step back a second. What am I actually looking at? What am I internalizing? You know, if you're going to watch a clip, focus on it, right? There's so much Torah that people can do and, and pay attention to. You know, I watched some of your Torah talks in the past. There were so many lessons, whether it's a, a Muslim from Reb Ruvin Feinstein or something, to write it down, to try to work on it, to try to internalize it. Just I think the machshava that when you, when you approach something Torah, how, hey, how can I really let it impact me? You know, the, the Ramban says in the Geras, the Ramban, it says, the fascist which literally translates to mean that if a person would think about their actions by night and by day, the whole life will be perfect. So the question is, okay, by night I understand, I do a cheshman nefesh, what did I do during that day? How, what I, how do I spend that day? By the way, actually, since you know we talk about this mental exercise today, and I, I would ask everyone who's still watching this to try this now, and you're gonna have hopefully you won't have a headache, but try this tonight. Literally, talk about cheshvan and nefesh. Take a minute and try to mentally, literally run down your day. Scientists have proven, by the way, that it's harder now because we don't think in the terms of this. What did you wait? I woke up at six thirty. I went to shachas. Okay, then I had a coffee. Then I came. I saw my kid, and then I went. Try it. You probably it'll be hard for you to get back an hour. I'm telling you, it's gonna be very difficult. But let's say you try, then you work on that exercise. Now you think about what you did during the day. Fine. You go, but what's the biker? What did you do wrong during the night? Why do you have to again think about the morning? If you good, the good question. I like it. I like it. Okay. The answer is because when we go to sleep the next day, it's over, right? So you have to think about what you're actually going to implement that day, right? What are you actually going to implement? You see something that you saw. You saw a tire thought that inspired you. Write it down. Think about it the next day. You know. We're so busy, 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 but no, let, let's slow down. I'm saying to myself as well, you know, I, I believe that I'm going to cut this clip out and watch it myself. So maybe I'll talk and get some chizik, right? That's the halavai. But you should continue to what you're doing. You should go. Thank you for this chizik. Thank you for the opportunity. Continue your amazing work for Kali Show with Yad Laachim. You want to remind everyone once again, 
I began to offer everyone a free uh, opportunity to send in your names, and they're going to dive in for us, our families, at the Baba Sali's caver on his yard site, babasali.co, B-A-B-A-S-A-L-I.co. Encourage everyone to be a part of it and encourage everyone else to be as well. We want to thank uh, Rabbi Gans once again. Want to thank, thank you, Rabbi It's a virtual hug through the screen. We have only Simchas together. In person, Hashem. And I uh, want to thank Rabbi. A shout out to Rabbi Eba from Chazak for all the technical back end organizing, making things happen. Uh, tonight's uh, program was dedicated to the eluding spot and love and memory of Aharon Ben Esther. Uh, to dedicate future programs, please come and uh, reach out to Chazak, uh, Rabbi, R-O-B-B-I-E at C-H-E-Z-A-Q dot O-R-G. And uh, every single Tuesday night, we have this amazing Torah Talks. Next week, we're going to hear from Rabbi Yinon Kalazan about the Tubishvat. So uh, we encourage everyone to log into that as well. Like Rabbi Gans mentioned, f- forward and share these inspiring messages to everyone you know. Don't uh, just keep it to yourself, but share the wealth. And uh, looking forward to seeing you all with the Biat Gold Tzedek, the Gulish Lema, Chikambe, Merah, many speedily in our days. Amen, Amen.